0: Hello. So, it seems we've reached an emotional checkpoint of sorts. And so I want to ask, how are you? No, but truly, how are you? When is the last time that you can say that you answered that honestly? Not just with others, but Especially yourself. If I'm honest, it's probably been a few months since I've been honest with myself about how I am and where I'm at emotionally, spiritually. I have this pattern where I get super (laughs) tunnel-visioned. i get focused on my goals and what i'm trying to achieve and what i want to get done in a certain amount of time and i end up not really checking in on myself or how i'm doing and where i'm at emotionally or spiritually i just kind of shove it down way down in there because i'll deal with it later and then forget to make time to deal with it later in a healthy way. (laughs) And so... these last couple months, I've been trying to take a much... deeper approach to my healing. You know, being more mindful of how I'm doing emotionally and spiritually... And I... (laughs) It's been a few months, and I can honestly say that having this commitment to healing myself has felt like playing an emotional game of operation. You know, the game where you have to, like, use little tweezers, and you pull the organs out of different holes, but if you hit the sides, then they, like, buzz at you. Yeah. Um... It's felt like that a little bit. <laughs> and I'm sure that's because Chiron is an Aries, and I have an Aries stellium, and there's Saturn, and Pluto, and Jupiter, and Capricorn, and I have a Capricorn stellium, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> but, um, I have come to the realization that at least for me and in what I've experienced, um, the best way for me to tell how I'm doing emotionally with certain things that are, like, suppressed is when I have these triggers, emotional triggers, whether it's, like, situations with people, conversations, what have you. I feel like these triggers have been the universe's way of showing me where I could be more mindful. (laughs) And, um, I say this, but I truly do feel that triggers are a blessing, albeit painful ones, yes, um, because they activate the wounds and pain that I have inside of me that you may have inside of you and it's not just the pain from a current situation but I think what makes them so potent and what makes them triggers is because they're helping you get down to the root of that pain they help you tune into and tap into what pain and past hurts that you have that you haven't dealt with yet or that need to be tended to again Because healing, you know, it's not, like, a linear thing. You come back to certain themes and you thought that you were done and healed. And then there's something at the next layer. But I love triggers because... Which sounds weird to say, I know. But, like, honestly, I was triggered last night in a big way. And I can't help but, like, nervously laugh all day today about it. Even though I'm also, like, very emotionally raw and feeling very vulnerable. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's, it's a weird feeling, but I can't help but laugh about it. Um, and I, I think it's because I know like triggers, they allow me at least to, they allow me the opportunity to react again to the situation that reminds me of something from the past or to respond to it. I'm going to be honest, last night I might have been reactive a little bit. <laughs> but this morning I did get a chance to reevaluate how I reacted and respond. <laughs> and I love that. Like I I love that triggers are like a Way for the universe to show me and to show you or whoever, like it shows us what's in our blind spots. Our blind spots when it comes to our personalities or how we choose to move in the world, um, you know, it shows where we might be, pr- you know, projecting certain things. So, I appreciate when I'm able to have situations in my life or people in my life who trigger me and it's not intentional but it it happens because it means that like that person is being used by the universe to show me something that I'm not paying good enough attention to and that you know I might need to fix or adjust or I might need to take a step back and reevaluate why I'm doing what I'm doing or how I'm being I need that I do like I cannot be committed to personal growth and evolving and you know just healing without addressing like where I need to change (laughs) you know I'm human I'm not perfect and so last night I had a big trigger and I reacted a little bit, and then this person was weirdly stubborn in still choosing to, like, interact with me, but also, like, affirm their boundaries, and because of that, it, like, woke something up in me that was like, hey, you need to pay attention to this, and you need to respond better. Ooh, <laughs> <Whew>, Yeah. <laughs> But I need that okay you guys like I can be really stubborn sometimes and on my own shit and I mean I've been feeling really low I'm not gonna lie I've been going through some heavy emotions and just working through a lot of heavy shit but I was, and it was good it was needed for me to sit with myself and be compassionate with myself and feel for myself but I was so in the pain and a little bit wallowing to the point where I allowed where I was at and what I was working through to be an excuse for taking out my frustration on somebody who I do care about and that wasn't okay and so <laughs> so I guess we're getting into what was in my blind spot I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it but what this trigger showed me is that I had this friend of mine who was a cisgendered man and I'll get into why I bring that up in a second but he was and this man like I'll admit he's hurt me okay there are things that have happened that between us that have definitely hurt me or made me feel disappointed or like I couldn't trust him. But it didn't change the fact that I had allowed my frustrations with him and my anger with him that I, the parts that I hadn't addressed because I thought I'd healed past a lot, but I guess there was still some residual emotional heaviness there and so last night when I was triggered it showed me that I had been allowing myself to essentially take my emotional anger and frustration out on him um not just that I had with him like it would be an overreaction to where even I'm like whoa what the hell just happened like why did I respond like that like that is not normal for me um but it was it was um A way for me to see that I'd kind of been using him as an emotional punching bag. (laughs) And it was... That's not okay, and I don't mean to laugh at that. It's just... It's more of a, oh my god, I did not realize that I was doing that. Um, But... I needed that. I needed to be checked like that. And I appreciate this friend for having the patience and the time... And care for me to choose to stay in my life while I figure that out. That said, like, (sighs) I'm still working on learning to trust this person based on past things. But the fact that he wants to, that he wants to earn my trust, and that he's willing to keep coming back in my life, even when I sometimes blow up at him, (laughs) I can't help but feel like that's kind of already proving to me that he may be somebody I can trust. Not in everything, but at least trust that he has the right intentions and trust that he really does want to have a friendship with me that is healthy. And I'll be honest, like, that is something that I have had to acknowledge within myself when it comes to my interactions with and my friendships with cisgendered men that is something I'm trying to heal and it has not been fun (laughs) there have been triggers and memories of past situations with people who aren't in my life anymore um, but also like really healing conversations and fun interactions with Cisgender men that I'm like, wait, why the fuck do I still carry so much hurt and pain and take it out on unintentionally and not often, but there's usually one in my life, one cisgender man in my life who I apparently end up taking out my frustration on. And um, for the last few years, it's been this particular friend not initially, but it's kind of, I allowed it to get to this point, to where it had been this point for the last year or so, but we've been in each other's lives probably two or three years. Um, And I can't help but feel that, in a sense, society has reached this point where it wants to make cisgender men the enemy for everything as a whole and I am so ashamed well not ashamed but I'm humbled and disappointed in myself because I've played into that Without meaning to. In smaller ways, but still, that's honestly still. Just as damaging, you know? Because it is those. Sm- micro. Cosm, like those micro interactions that you have. In your smaller communities you know, that's what's going to be built off of, like, that's what sets the tone, that's the root of things, you know, if down to the root, people like me are unintentionally allowing ourselves and not checking ourselves on taking out our frustration on cisgender men or on a different group, even if they're not a marginalized group, but still doing that, we're keeping that issue alive and well within society so I'm like I said last night it was a big trigger you guys (laughs) I myself like I'm for one I am non-binary I use they them pronouns and this is something that I came to terms with and became comfortable with sharing to the loved ones in my life um, back in June actually I had a photo shoot and it I called it my like gender bender photo shoot and I did some of my photos with more quote-unquote feminine like hair makeup outfit um outfits that kind of thing and then I did a more quote-unquote masculine um side to the shoot where you know my natural hair is out and it's cut really short it looked really good <laughs> shout out to my best friend who did my hair it looked bomb um and the outfits were more quote-unquote masculine and it was a really fun shoot it was honestly probably my favorite shoot that I've done to date but after I did that shoot like, the week after, I had kind of a mental breakdown, (laughs) and I, I I don't know how to explain, like, just crippling anxiety, and my anxiety can often kind of manifest itself as me getting really irritated, and I take it out on myself by, like, working myself too hard, and not eating enough, blah, 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 so I kind of had a breakdown, and I ended up, triggering <laughs> my eating disorder Oof, we're not gonna get into that right now but yes I have do have and have struggled with an eating disorder in the past and it's only during certain points in my life where I feel like everything's kind of out of control so the last time that I'd struggled with it was probably back in 2013 um, And there was a very traumatic experience that I went through at that time. Anyway, but this was the first time I found myself struggling with it again. And so I was trying to deal with that and process that. But I was like, man, I really need to get to the root of why this is here. Because yes, I have this eating disorder and I need to address it. And I need to work on remembering to eat and eating enough to get me through the day. Um, There is something underneath this. That has triggered it like this eating disorder for me personally is just a symptom of what of something else that's going on that I need to address (laughs) and so for me I think accepting that I was non-binary and starting to tell people about it the people close to me I didn't realize how challenging it would be for me internally. <sighs> I I wasn't prepared, you know, I wasn't prepared for the subtle microaggressions that you experience when you're out in public and you're dressed more quote-unquote androgynous. <laughs> I don't know, it's it was I was not prepared for it and I wasn't prepared for having to you know, my loved ones and find a way to correct them when they use the wrong pronouns in a way that lets them know like, hey, I know that you didn't mean that in a negative way that you weren't intentionally doing it. I know that this is going to be a transition. Like I have used she, her pronouns for 28 years and now um, I'm using they, them pronouns and that's an adjustment. If you've known me for a few years or even like the better part of a year and, and you've used a certain... You know, you've used certain pronouns with me, and then I am coming out and telling you, hey, I've never really resonated with those pronouns, and I finally reached a point where I feel comfortable expressing that. I want to use, like, these are my pronouns, and I want to share with people that these are my pronouns now. That's an adjustment. <laughs> it takes time. But because I understood that struggle, I found it hard for myself to even assert myself and assert my pronouns by lovingly correcting my friends I didn't want to because I didn't want them to think I was mad at them because I'll be honest like before I came to a point where I registered internally that I was non-binary I had a friend who was and I had known them um I guess for you know I think six months or so um, I'd worked with them, but they weren't out to me yet, which is totally fine. Like, people don't have to be out to you about their pronouns until they're ready. But by the time that I did find out, I'd known them for, you know, several months and been using she, her pronouns, not realizing they used they, them pronouns. Like, I had picked up um, when I was around certain people that when I used certain pronouns, like, things would get tense in the room, but I didn't know what it was until this person spoke with me directly and let me know this, um, but honestly, like, even after that, I struggled for a while, um, with using the right pronouns, and they had to correct me, and I appreciate that they did, because I could tell that, like, other friends, if I was hanging out with other friends and that person wasn't there, I noticed my main struggle was that when I would talk about them like in always like positive stuff but just in referring to them I would end up using she her pronouns incorrectly and I remember my friend who I'd be talking to whoever it was they would kind of tense up and I'd have I'd notice that I'd notice that they tensed up and then that's when I'd be like oh I used the wrong pronouns and I would correct myself um, but I appreciated that this person that this friend of mine they would directly tell me like hey, it's they, them, and then they move along, but I know that for some people that might feel a little confrontational, like, but for me, I was like, I need that, thank you, (laughs) Um, but it was, it was hard, and so because of that, and because I struggled with that, like, I'm never gonna judge somebody for struggling with my pronouns, but I am gonna lovingly correct you, Um, but I want, I wanted to make sure that my loved ones know, like, I'm not upset with them, and so i was having a hard time asserting that without feeling or worrying that they might think that I was mad at them because I didn't want them to be mad at them to think I was mad at them because I wasn't um, but you know you can't control how people are going to perceive you at the end of the day, like as long as you do what you wanted to do and you do it to the best of your abilities and you have the right intentions, that's all you can do so You know, I was working through all of that, but what I loved about that experience, as weird as it sounds, is that it showed me when I was around that friend who used they, them pronouns, it showed me areas where I needed to be more present and mindful. It showed me that when I was around the people that I love, I can't be on autopilot. You know like you can kind of get into patterns with the people that you spend the most time with and that you love like you're used to doing things a certain way and you know that you both enjoy these activities or that you enjoy these kinds of conversations so you just kind of follow that pattern over and over again and do things very similarly every time because it's easy but when you do that it makes it easy for the people you love, that you're spending time with like that, to hide, in a sense. I, I hope that's making sense. Like, for me, I knew that if I hung out with certain people, I could hide that I wasn't doing okay. I could hide that my eating disorder was not great. <laughs> I could hide that, you know, my depression was getting really bad, because... We hung out all the time and we just had our certain things that we did or movies that we watched or whatever, and I could just do that, and they would think everything's fine. whereas with other people who I didn't not even that I didn't see as often, but people who I knew were a lot more present, uh it would I could only handle being around them in doses sometimes because it would be really uncomfortable because I couldn't hide. I knew that they were being fully present with me. And so they would see that I wasn't okay, and whether they intended to or not, it would force me to have to be upfront about it, which is great, but very uncomfortable. <laughs> and some weeks you're like, I don't want to deal with that right now. So I'm just, I'm not gonna hang out with that person. <laughs> um, and I hope that they never take it personally, because they're, I love them like that. To love someone enough to be present with them. And be willing to help them see where they're truly at. That is that is a very deep kind of love. But I can see why like people maybe shy away from it. Because it can make people uncomfortable. And people can push you away if they're not ready to deal with it. Or if it feels like it's overwhelming for them. And if you want to keep people in your life. For as long as possible, you're going to try and go with the path of least resistance, which is, you know, not always a bad thing. But when it comes to wanting to keep someone in your life because you're both growing together and you're both evolving together, you're going to have to have people that trigger you sometimes who are willing to love you enough to let you be triggered by them being their authentic self not letting how they move and how it might affect you stop them from doing what feels like is the right thing for them to do or say or not do or not say. (sighs) So, yeah. (laughs) Triggers, man. (laughs) So why do I bring all this up? Well, for some reason, I feel like 2020 is the year of triggers. Maybe it's because of what's going on astrologically. I mean, Mars is going to be in Aries for the rest of the year. Whew, did I tell you I'm in Aries? Like, I'm feeling this, fam. <laughs> if you're into astrology at all, I'm just, you know... Here's my little review of what's going on astrologically right now. This shit is intense. <laughs> it is a lot. And it is like a tsunami of emotional... I don't even know, dude. Like, I don't even know how to just... It, it's indescribable how intense it is. But it's like you're not really supposed to say it. You're supposed to feel into it and let it take you where it takes you. Like, I'm not trying to get anchored in any particular thing right now. Like, I'm trying to anchor within myself, but I'm letting this wave take me wherever it wants because apparently I can't fight against it anyway. (laughs) So I'm going to stop trying. (laughs) I'm going to be true to myself. I'm going to, you know, speak up for myself and have my boundaries, but I'm not going to try and control the outcome of where I'm headed in life or how long it takes me to get there. And I'm just going to feel into what I need to because everything else I've tried up to this point, honestly, it was working. And then these last few months, it's like nothing was working. So I don't know, whatever my coping mechanisms were, yeah, they're not working now. (laughs) So I've got to take risks. And I don't know. I am not saying that that's the theme of 2020 for everyone else, but for this little Aries. Oof, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. And I hope that. Those of you who are listening to this, hopefully your life hasn't felt as triggering as mine. But if it has, I hope, you know, like you're not alone. It's been intense. But don't forget, like, this universe really is here for you. Everything that is happening in your life with the right mindset it is most likely exactly what you needed. As painful as it was or as uncomfortable as it was, if you're willing to see it as a lesson, it will be help you build the foundation of where you end up you know being where you and what you end up creating for your life i'm sorry i'm still so emotionally raw you guys like i can't even talk (laughs) but seriously i truly believe this universe is on our side like call it god the universe whatever it sends you blessings and some and sometimes those blessings are triggers, but I feel like I grow more and I evolve more when I'm triggered than when things are always chill and dandy like it's good to have expansion and to feel inspired and to create stuff, but there are times and phases in my life where I need to retreat. And I have to kind of play emotional operation with myself and figure out, like, hey, what's not working anymore? What needs to be changed? Like, where do we need to grow up? (laughs) Honestly. And so that's what these last few months have been for me. And I'm not saying that that part of my life is over, that that phase is over, but I'm grateful for it. I really am. And I'm grateful for the people in my life that love me enough to trigger me. Not intentionally, obviously, because there are people who will intentionally try to trigger you and that's a whole other kind of evil, but they love me enough to stay in my life knowing that they're going to trigger me and knowing that I'm probably going to trigger them and we're committed to healing past that enough to be able to sit with each other and figure out what needs to be done. You know, to understand each other better, to see the other side of things, but to also be there for ourselves. (sighs) Yeah. So again, I want to ask you... And then I'll leave you with time to think about it and maybe journal about it, whatever. But truly, how are you?